Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome all to another NRL Supercoach Talk podcast. It's Wenin here and looking to um, to, to recap on a massive few days uh, in Supercoach with plenty of injuries and shock team selections and joining me on the podcast this week is not Nick, uh, but I think I've found a, a very capable uh, replacement in the 2016 overall champion, Wilfred. How are you going, my friend? Good, thank you. How are you? I am going pretty well, particularly as I traded in Moses for Widop. Um, I don't think my feet have touched the ground quite just yet, mate. So um, unfortunately, didn't captain, but uh, you know that kind of saved my weekend. How about you? Yeah, that that's got to be up there with one of the best trades you could could have ever done. Uh, I had a pretty shocking end of the week. Um, I knew there was a reason I didn't like captaining someone from the last um, game of the round. I uh, managed to put the captaincy on Teddy, who promptly gave me two times 20. So, yeah, that was a real deflating end to the week. So, yeah, that, I'm, I'm super keen for this week to start, even though it's been absolute mayhem, just so I can forget about last week already. It has. And how are you going overall? I'm currently uh, sitting just inside the top 10,000. Nice, nice. Yeah. Where, where, did you, where did you kind of think you, you would have been at this uh, stage of the season? I was hopeful of, I guess, yeah, at least top 5,000, but it's super condensed this year. It's ridiculous. I think there is, um, you could throw a blanket over about the top, you know, 3,000 to top 10,000. I think it's uh, about 50 points. Yeah, and I guess there's, and there's no, no, or no real impact of buyers this year, is there? So it's going to be quite hard to, um, to kind of uh, fight back if you're, if you're out there in the rank, rankings and, you know, you used to be able to make up 10,000 or so in the next few weeks, but it's going to be a bit of a challenge. Yeah, I think, uh, having said that, I think it's it's tricky. It's surprisingly tricky around 13 and, and around 17. So I think people probably actually, actually should start looking at it. Yeah, you're probably right there, mate. And it's going to be a uh, an very interesting period. And even there's a few, um, a few options, such as the Eels players, which I think play the first buy and uh, are not looking too attractive at the moment. So we'll just need to, to work through that over the, the coming weeks. Speaking of uh, the Eels, mate, and all the teams, should do, we just start to get straight into um, uh, all the you know the news? And we did kind of start uh, say at the start of the show that there has been quite a few a few surprise. Uh, Changes and selection. So let's get stuck into it. Uh, Cowboys versus Panthers. What's happening in that game? So Cowboys are unchanged, so not very exciting. Um, only 
would noteworthy thing is Coot is uh, back from injury, but he's uh, so he's on the extended bench, but he's also named in Q Cup. So one would expect him to probably get a run in Reggie's for the week. Panthers, uh, obviously, with Cleary going down long term, they've got quite a few changes looking likely. So right now, Peachy's been named at 5'8", and um, I think it was confirmed today that he was going to start there, but there's also rumours going about on social media that Egan, Wade Egan, uh, who's a hooker, um, is is firming for his debut tomorrow night. So that probably sees a, a reshuffle, whether that's him coming onto the bench or or uh, I honestly don't know, but it might be that we see Wallace playing in the halves at some point and Egan playing hooker. Okay. And then Good Friday, so we've got the Bunnies versus... Uh, who they play? They play the Bulldogs. So, uh, what's going on there with the uh, the Rabbitohs um, news today? That Kenner is out with a hamstring injury, so we don't really know um, how long. But hopefully, he's back next week would be great. Um, and then Hunt comes in for him uh, to the centres and Burns uh, onto the bench. What else is going on? Anything that we need to be aware of from a Super Coach perspective for both uh, uh, the Bunnies and then the Bulldogs? Yeah, so the other rumour that's gone about is um, Adam Reynolds should actually be ready for next week. So that's obviously going to impact on whether you decide to take a punt on Dewey uh, or Dewey, um, who's obviously, you know, ripe for the picking this week in the centre wing. So that's a, it's a tough call because, you know, there's every chance that because of Kenner's injury, uh, because Hunt's been on the bench, like what if Dewey ends up on the bench instead? Uh, which obviously would kill all the cash that you'd make really quickly. I'm not sure the Bulldogs, obviously, um, they won last week, so they've left let, they've left their team unchanged. So Marshall King, who's um, you know the other great buy this week, seems like he's got a pretty secure spot, um, obviously, as, as long as they keep winning. Yeah, so, I mean, we'll talk about him a little bit later on. We won't go into the detail of that, but I'm in agreement with you is kind of appears to be a, a pretty good cheap pick this week. Obviously some, um, you know, some job security issues along with majority of the rookies, but uh, he looks to, uh, you know, be pretty, pretty pretty solid in the halves when there's not really any kind of uh, rookies coming through. Uh, moving on to the Sharks and uh, Morlin is back. So he was a laid out last week. Uh, Luke Lewis is back as well, but not really too much from a super coach perspective in, same as the the storm there. There's also not too much there. Uh, I guess the the news that we haven't got written down is that Felice Kafusi has not been named again, which um, you know it means a few of the the forwards which have been picking up big, bigger minutes. Um, they should continue to do that for one more week. Yeah, I guess um, there there has been some interest floating about um, in relation to Joe Stimson, who's been playing on the right edge for Kafusi. Um, I guess with Kenny Bromwich coming back, that could place some of his minutes in doubt and. Um, obviously, Kafusi, I mean, yeah, you're right. He's not named, but uh, word is I think he's week to week. So uh, it sounds like a big trap there, bit of a risk. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think I think you could go up about 60K this week, but then you'd think that he's pretty much limited from, from then on. Uh, moving on to the Roosters versus Warriors. So I don't think there's too much happening with the Roosters. From the Warriors, you got the Sonys out suspended. Uh, and then no mannering back yet, uh, but then good old Soggy Sow is, uh, has once again remained in the 17 for another week. Yeah, which is uh, really, really good, uh, considering last week he got lucky in his uh, 16 minutes on the ground and managed to jag a nice attacking stat, and that'll keep the money flowing for one more week. 
but yeah, I think with Mannering due back, according to Marco Jacko, um, he'll be back next week. So it's got to be uh, interesting to see if he's still going to have a spot there. Or if not, then, you know, he's still made a bit of coin for his owners and, and well done to them and cash in and move on. Definitely. And I was unfortunately one of the, uh, the people that didn't pick him up, but um, so be it. Uh, Seagulls versus the Raiders. So this is a game which has uh, lots of super coach interest, um, particularly from the Eagles with the Trevojevic brothers running out. You've also got Tanganoa, who looks like he um, you know, should get some extended game time now. There was some news floating around this week that Lussie could be off to the Super League um, with all the Seagulls salary cap drama that's just uh, all kind of coming to the surface now. And, and you know, that's that's probably great news for... for uh, Tanganoa, but also for um, for Martin Tapao. Um We know it that happened last year in the 12 games they played together and his, his output went down quite a bit. Yeah, definitely. So that's a, definitely something to keep an eye on. Uh, the other big noteworthy thing is um, George Tafu is out um, for an extended period, at least six weeks, if not up to 10. And we've got Matt Wright coming onto the wing. And look, it's, it's all breaking out in social media today, but apparently um, Josh Masood... Uh, from Channel 7's reporting that Lachlan Croak is going to be dropped. Um, but the weird thing is apparently the reshuffle is going to be Hastings, who's playing um, bench hooker. He's going to play starting at 9, and then Coruscant is going to shift to 5-8, which that makes no sense to me at all. I guess Hastings has been quite good when he's come onto the field at 9, and, and Coruscant is, is also um, ex- obviously extremely handy, so maybe they just want both on the field at the same time. Yeah, but why not just play Hastings at 5'8", since he's actually a half to begin with and he's only just been playing bench hooker, you know, um, just so he's got a spot in the in, in the 17. I mean, uh, to me, that makes more sense. Coruscant's obviously, you know, been doing very well um, at, at hooker and, and I just it seems that you're weakening two spots uh, rather than, you know, just putting Hastings at six. Yeah. I mean, it's fair. The commentary was talking about Hastings last round and saying that, um, you know, through his junior career, is um, you know, one of the best halves going around. But his coaches thought that he was always going to mature into a into a hooker. So maybe that's just kind of what they're thinking. So, um, but anyway, we'll see. Hopefully, um, Croker doesn't get dropped. That would be horrible for Super Coach. Um, obviously, for the Raiders. So interestingly, the Austin is out. Yeah, he's he's actually been dropped. It's not injury. He's literally just been dropped. Um, so, um, and also Joe Tarpanay is back from injury. So, he and Adahingano, who the who the signed um, in the off season from the Warriors, they've come onto the bench, and Liam Knight's dropped out as well. So, it's going to be interesting. I, I don't know if this will have any impact um, from a super coach perspective. Um, you know, there are there are some thoughts that uh, Havili might get more minutes as a result. But, I mean, Hingana was playing as a bench hooker, uh, filling in for Isaac Luke last year. And, I mean, what Caesar's been doing is he's just been shifting after Havili goes off to hooker and playing the remainder of the game at hooker. So, like, he could, you know, Ricky Stewart could easily keep that same arrangement in place with just Hingana shifting to the halves when he comes on to field. So, I, I, yeah, it's just, it's a mess. The Raiders are a mess. They are, but I mean, surely this has to be good for Leipana because um, without Austin just hogging the ball the whole time, at least they'll have halves in there that'll be more likely to, to pass them the ball. 
the problem is, is Austin's actually been playing on the left and it's been Sam Williams on the right-hand side. So it actually doesn't change, you know, the setup they've got on the right. So uh, it's, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know. The Raiders are just too hard to, to even try guess what's going on. Yeah, okay. Right, so the next game we have uh, is the Dragons versus the Titans. I'm pretty sure that'd be sorry the the, dra- the Dragons versus the Knights, and the Dragons. There's nothing happening there after their thumping of the Titans last week. Whereas the Knights have obviously um, have got Watson out, uh, being reported today that he won't have surgery, but will miss um, a minimum of, uh, of six weeks. And then you got Lamb to number six and Saifidi onto the bench and Levi onto an extended bench. Uh, anything there worth discussing? Yeah, I guess um, Levi showing up on the extended bench means that it it may be good news for Slade Griffin um, that he's not come straight onto the on the actual seventeen. Um, I mean, Brock Lamb being on the field full time. I guess the other ramification there is that maybe Kalen Ponga loses the goal kicking because Brock Lamb kicked at like 85 percent last year and did quite well. He had he had a couple of shockers, um, but. Like overall, he kicked at a higher percentage. Yeah, okay. But what about Griffin? Um, what do you think happens now with um, with uh, with Levi coming onto the extended bench, albeit not into the seventeen? Yeah, look, I, I, I genuinely don't know. I think it's just um, go wait, wait and see. Okay. I, I wouldn't feel like I'd want to put Griffin in my seventeen just yet. All right, and, and we won't talk about the Watson out until we get. Um, through a little bit later on, it's um, obviously there's a, um, you know, the prognosis is better than what we thought. So, um, yeah, we can, we just, uh, you know, it's a little bit easier to, or a little bit harder to navigate through, but we'll discuss that later on. Uh, the Broncos versus the Titans. So Broncos have obviously got some massive outs with Pangai Jr. and Oates, uh, both out injured for a couple of weeks. Pearson comes on to the wing and Sims starts... Uh, not really too much else happening there. Uh, Titans, so huge changes there. Do you just want to talk us through them, mate? Because that's going to be a pretty big topic of conversation throughout this podcast. Yeah, definitely. So probably the biggest news is um, Bryce Cartwright being dropped to the bench and Jai Arrow being named start at lock and also Ryan James um, given up on the left edge. He's um, back to starting prop as well. Uh, that sees Will Matthews come on um, to the to the left edge as starter. Um, he happens to be centre wing and and um, second row uh, forward dual position, so something to be looking out for there. Uh, the other rumour that's floating about, and I don't know if it's any there's any you know merit to this, but apparently KNLG might be dropped, and if that's the case, then Cartwright will come back into the starting team and play play five eight. That to me makes complete sense, and, and I think that's what they should be doing. Yeah, well, I don't know. I mean, LG has was pretty bad last week. Like of all his games, is probably one of his worst that he's played. He's been bad for fifteen months, mate. <laughs> he's had his good and bad games, but yeah, that, that was definitely one of his worst since he's come back from injury. Uh, having said that, I mean, was was Cardi much better playing in the halves last week? I don't know. No, but I think he's going to offer you more in attack, and particularly how dominant. Um, Taylor is then you know I think Cardi will be just you know playing what he normally does and you know the best thing about that is he doesn't have to tackle so um, it's kind of suits his game perfectly yeah yeah it'll be good for Supercoach I think overall I mean I'm definitely 
you'd rather see him starting and, and playing 80 minutes at 5 eighth rather than playing, you know, limited minutes off the bench. So, no, I agree with that. And then uh, also at the Tigers, mate, there's huge changes uh, with the Eels. So nothing happening with the Tigers, but for the Eels, there's got Hayne out, French out, Will Smith, the fullback, and Jennings to the wing. And also T-Rex uh, is making his long-returned um Comes back onto the bench, I think. Was he out of the seventeen, or was he? Um, he's plus? actually named in. He's named in the seventeen. So he's named in the seventeen now. It's just trying to find his name on the sheet, and I think it's right down the bottom. So, what what is uh, taking your interest there? Obviously, Hayne being out is big news, but probably irrelevant for Supercoach. And is it really much there that's overly relevant from your perspective? Um, probably not from uh, you know picking the players' point of view. It might be more so for those. You know, looking at the the upcoming matchups against the Eels, you'd think, you know, that George Dennings is probably not as good a defender as some of the other, you know, first choice options there. And and I guess the other issue is, um, you know, the impact perhaps on Nathan Brown's minutes with uh, Will Smith having to play fullback that sees him come off the bench. Um, and and now there's four forwards on there, so that could come into play as well. Yeah, and even the game against the Tigers this week, which have been, uh, you know, a pretty bad side to play from a super coach perspective. So I wouldn't be picking or trying to pick as many um, Eels players as possible this weekend. Yeah, actually, so there's one other thing that I, I missed. Um, Cameron King has been dropped for Kaiser Pritchard. They've done a straight swap there, basically. Right. So I, I guess that's a, probably a, a good thing for. Uh, Nathan Brown, because you know we saw how how many HIAs uh, Pritchard had last year, and pretty much every time that happened, uh, Brown got bigger minutes, if not playing eighty. So, you know that might be the saving grace there for. All right, for so Brown. they so they are carrying a utility on the bench, or they no 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 no. Yeah. So, so he's um, just coming Kaiser straight Pritchard. into nine. That's right, and Cameron King's been named on the extended bench, yeah, right. uh, number eighteen. So, still, I mean Pritchard is so so injury and con- concussion prone. So, but um. Yeah, huge changes there from Titans, Raiders, and also um, and also the Eels, and um, not surprisingly, given um, all three of those clubs are struggling massively at the moment. Ready to pop the question and take advantage of thirty percent off? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com to get 30% off. Select lab-grown diamonds. That's BlueNile.com for 30% off lab-grown diamonds. BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. All right, Wilfred. So the most popular trade outs and ins for the week, and let's start with the outs. I think it shouldn't take us too long to to get through these because um, they're relatively straightforward. The first and the most popular trade out at the moment is Connor Watson. So I did allude to before that he uh, won't be 
having surgery. So the, the previous uh, you know estimate of his time out was 12 weeks, but now that looks to be almost halved. Is he still a trader or would you consider holding him now? No, that's too long. I think even if he's at the bare minimum that six weeks, I mean, that's, you know, a quarter of the season. So you've got to, you've got to ditch him. Yeah, and he also has that shocking, uh, you know, score of five now in his rolling average, which is going to make it very hard for him to earn any cash. Yeah, 100%. Okay. And um, Nathan Cleary, so that's another one. So he could be out from anywhere between six to ten weeks injured. I mean, that's a, a big, big blow, uh, but he's also a must-trade out as well. Yeah, that's too much coin sitting on your bench. You've yeah. got to move on. Agree. And then the next with 4% of trades at the moment is Jared Hayne. I mean, that's a no-brainer. He is injured, but he's also been just absolutely horrendous this year. Yeah, I totally agree with that. He's got to go. Yeah, shocker. And uh, probably the one uh, of, uh, you know, I guess most debates uh, and, you know, would change quite a lot, obviously, if he comes straight back into the side this week in the halves. But Bryce Cartwright, um, what do we do with him? So he... He obviously had a shocking year last year and doesn't really look that much better uh, in 2018. So break even of 17, do we hold on to him and hope that he comes good or is it almost time for us just to cut our losses? Yeah, I think it's worth just, you know, sit him a week. Like you said, there's a, there's a chance that he comes in the halves and if that's the case, then it's definitely a hold. Um, you know, even if he's just going to get 40 points a week and, and, you know, not be good enough to get those attacking stats we used to see from him, that's still going to make him, some, you know, make you some money. So just hold him until he's going to stop making money, basically. Yeah, no, I agree. I think everyone's got a lot bigger issues this week than trading out Cartwright. And as I did say, with that break even of seventeen, he looks like he should be held and and more than likely to earn some cash this week. So let's give him one more week. Hey? And um, speaking of a guy that doesn't deserve another week at all, is Mitchell Moses. He's lost seventy thousand um, dollars and is going to lose even more. Could be under 300000 soon. He's definitely a must-trade out, isn't he? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I, I mean, if he showed signs of life, of turning things around, then sure. But the Eels uh, seem like they could be a bit of a basket case. And, I mean, it, having said that, you know, they played their best last year when their backs were against the wall and, and you know, they had to dig in and play for each other. It's just... It's hard to tell if that team's going to do that this year because it seems like things have been not so good off the field. Yeah, there's, so. there's quite a bit bit happening. I mean, we won't go into rumors on the show, but um, there is quite a bit of talk about some unrest um, off the field, but who knows what's really going on. Um, okay, so they're the, the, the top five players we've got listed there. Is there anyone else from your perspective that um, I've missed off the list that we should be discussing from a, a possible trade-out for this week? Uh, I've, the only thing I'd like to, I guess, talk about would be Tavita Pangai Jr. I've, I've seen a lot of people talking about selling him. Um, I mean, he's he's expected to miss two weeks. Apparently, that's the that's the time frame. Which I don't know if that's two rounds or two weeks. Which means obviously he's going to miss this week. But um, you know that if you count from when he got injured, that's pretty much almost two weeks till his next game. So. I don't know. If he's only out for one week, then would you really want to miss out on his you know, subsequent price rises, things like that? Uh, I think I'd probably hold on to him. Um, even if it's two weeks out, I think I'd try hold on to him because he's definitely got the points potential there and he's going to keep making you money. So I wouldn't be so quick to offload him. 
No, I think if you if you're looking to trade him out, it means you obviously don't have issues along the likes of Connor Watson or Nathan Cleary. Um, you know, even a Mitchell Moses, but then you're also still not holding on to a Latu or a, a Nichols. And, you know, the, all those guys for me are, um, need to go before Pango because we've seen what um, he did and has done um, this season. So I'd definitely be holding on to him in the hope that he can... I don't think it'll turn into a keeper, but I think he could definitely increase up to close to 500k. Yeah, totally agree. What about Trent Merrin? There's a few people talking about selling him at the moment. Um, I'm just going to hold him um, and hope that the minutes come good. There's been issues, um, you know, apparently injured his sternum last week and then he played in 40 degrees the week before. So I'm hoping that he gets back to around about that 55 minutes. But, yeah, the, the lack of minutes last week definitely was worrying. Yeah, I mean, even if he didn't come off, I think he came off with five minutes to go. So even if he played out the, the game... That would have only seen him get 47 minutes all up. So definite concerns there because if he's getting sub 50, then he's gonna have you're gonna have to sell him. His break even is only 50, I believe, for this week. So you know, either he'll 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 hold steady or he you know there's a limit to how much he could lose in terms of cash. So I'd be happy to hold him, especially if they do end up running with um, say Egan on the bench as 14. So um, that could obviously see. More minutes on offer for Marin if there's any three forwards that he's going to contend with on yeah, the bench. The, the only risk that I can see as well is that they could potentially get smashed um, tomorrow night. And what do you <laughs> think the ramifications of that would be for somebody like Marin? Is it less minutes, more minutes? Um, he's obviously going to make a lot of tackles, but um, you know, what do you think that would bode for his super coach output? It just depends if he's actually injured. If he is actually injured um, and he's not going to be quite 100%, if they can flog, then yeah, like he'll be first person to get benched, and you know, keep him in cotton wool, so to speak. But uh, I mean, I I can't see them winning. I just don't know if it's going to be a flogging because the Cowboys weren't that good last week. Like when I know they were playing the Storm, but they just didn't look. They looked off their game. So I'll be interested to see how they go tomorrow night. Yeah, at home, I think a different story, mate. But we'll um. We'll see, and obviously without Cleary, it makes a huge difference to the Panthers. Um, but it, it should be a really good game to watch, and um, hopefully it doesn't impact Mirren's uh, super coach output too much. So that's a lot of money that we've discussed trading out, mate. So now how are we going to spend it with our ins this week? And let's start with one of the better um, rookie buyers in Jeremy Marshall King. So obviously he's Benji's younger brother. Um, I think both you and I got caught out that he actually has played two, two or First two games on the bench, and then obviously started last week taking over Frawley. Um, he's a dual halfback, five eight, priced a little bit over two hundred k with a break even of, of zero. Those crappy scores are going to roll out of his uh, rolling average soon, so I think that he'll have a negative break even next week. And you know, I th- it looks like he should at least hit three hundred k, maybe even more, and and then potentially be a, a solid trade out option for someone like Milford as he keeps falling down in value in a couple of weeks. <laughs> Are you sure about that falling down in value thing for Milford? <laughs> uh, I'm hopeful, mate. Yeah. Um, look, I, I think, yeah, you're right. Um, I didn't realize that it was actually his third game. I thought he came in after week one. Um, so, you're, you know, that negative break-even is going to help the cash. Um, obviously, we, we alluded to some concerns about his job security. Uh, ultimately, you know, we didn't probably no one saw or expected Frawley to get dropped after two weeks. Um, but he did. So who knows what Pay is going to do in terms of 
you know, if if the team goes, say, on a two, three game losing streak, you know, you'd expect him to be the next casualty because I think Josh Cleland um, is back from injury or, or very close to it as well. So he might be uh, potentially next cab off the rank, so to speak, if, if uh, the Bulldogs are struggling again. Yeah, well, I mean, what they've they've got games against uh, the Rabbitohs, Raiders, and then Cowboys and uh, and the uh, and the Roosters. So you would think that they should go okay in the next two games, albeit the next three games are away. So it is a pretty tough draw ahead. So it is still a risky selection, but there is nothing coming through in the halves, and I just don't know who who else you're going to be able to downgrade. Watson too, and it's really just going to be an upgrade if you can make that happen. Well, it depends if uh, Jackson Hastings plays. <laughs> yeah, that's correct. But you, surely you couldn't be picking him on the basis that, you know, he could be in one week and then on the bench and then just could be a, an AE nightmare going forward. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, but the thing is with uh, Marshall King as well, I mean, he, he started on the bench, remember? So there's every chance that if he's not, um, you know, going to be starting anymore, if, say, Cleland comes in, what if Marshall King ends up on the bench anyway? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, look, there's definitely that risk there. Yep. Uh, but, you know, beggars can't be choosers. And I think if we need the cash or we need to free up the cash to do upgrades, whatever, I think we've got to take a punt on some of these guys. Yeah, well, I mean, I even did some calps. And if he averages 35 for the next couple of games, he increases by 90K. So that's still a pretty good turnover. You'd think that he gets at least two weeks before there is potential dropping. You just don't change the halves around that quickly. Yeah. Um, so let's just hope that's the case. Um, what else? What other rookies are we looking at this week? Uh, obviously, the, the the standout in the centre wing is um, Adam Dewey, who's uh, 177k. Um, he's obviously you know he's been goal kicking uh, with Reynolds outside the team, and he's you know got a solid base there. Scored a you know decent score last week, which I think involved some uh, was it a try? Might have been a try. Either way, you know, he's got a, a, a negative break-even, but the rumour is that with Reynolds back next week, it means that, you know, he's only going to get one game. Um, and, you know, in, in a perfect world, he get dropped and, you know, sits outside the team. But with Kenner going down, I've got a strong suspicion that he might end up in the 14 jersey, which is not good, obviously. No, that's not good. And, um, and you know, that... Is that price rise? I think it's going to be about 50K. Is that worth the trade? To me, it's not. But, you know, there, there is the opportunity, maybe one or two other games later. But we have been caught out in the past. Um, I think Gallon Mosby last year did it to us and a few others historically that they have that one price rise and then sit on that beautiful negative break even. We just don't see him again. Yeah, that's it. I guess the, yeah, what, what I was worried about is if he does go back onto the bench, then his negative break-even is not going to last very long, and then he's going to be stinking up the bench um, as an AE nightmare and then losing all his cash quite quickly. So I think if you're going to take a punt on him, be prepared to have to move him on either next week or even the week after. Yeah, I think that's a very good call. Now, a guy that is a pod or was a pod and, and it may not be a, um, you know, that going forward is Luke Keery. So five and or six percent of all trade ins at the moment are for him after two fantastic games. Um, I think he scored what eighty and ninety or roundabouts that. He's looking set for a forty to fifty k price rise this week. But um, that being aside, I think that those price rises will probably 
you know, um, settle down very, very quickly. And, um, and I don't think he's quite a keeper either. So he's kind of stuck in a bit of no man's land, really. Is he someone that you're looking at or do you think that he's, you know, he's not going to be a really good cash generation player, but he's also not going to be a keeper? I think he's um he's got the potential to be uh, a quite a good pod this year. I think it you could tell from the way he was working with Kronk that you know there's there's definitely going to be a lot of opportunities for attacking stats and he's so dynamic and involved that I think you know they're going to come. It's just that we know how poor his base is and with such a poor base, you know if if they don't come for just one week then that's going to be potentially a 20 score and that's going to start the, the bleed for the cash side of things. Having said that, he's got such a, a good draw. I mean, got the Warriors this week and then Sharks, Rabbitohs, Bulldogs, Dragons, Seagulls, Warriors again. So pretty pretty, pretty solid draw there for him. Um, I mean, I think if you couldn't quite afford, you know, Milford this week, uh, he's probably a, a viable consideration. Yeah, okay. So he's someone that, if you're going to give some advice to the people listening to the podcast, you'd encourage them to make the trade. Um, think he's good value and um, potentially could be a keeper or someone you'd hold for maybe 10 weeks? Yeah, not even, maybe not even 10 weeks. I mean, he's got a break even of two, so he's going to make some coin. He could have a couple of good games coming up and, and score quite well off the back of that. Um, and maybe you're just going to have to you know, take it a week by week, seeing how he's going to go in terms of his scores. Like I said, the draw is pretty pretty kind to him overall, and there's potential that he could you know go on a run. And I mean, he's averaging technically 85 right now based off his first two games. So if he keeps up even like a say a 75 average, then I think he's priced at a 60 uh, 59 average to start with. So that'll see some nice price rises, and then maybe you can cash him in for a, a likely top three or four half. Yeah, fair enough. And speaking of one of the top halves, mate. Um, we can't really go past Gareth Widock, who um, I am absolutely shocked that there's 5% of all trade-ins at the moment looking to bring him in. Um, priced at over 750 k surely if you've missed that price rise last week, he's too expensive right now. And, and uh, as I think I mentioned to you uh, on the side today, that I could potentially trade him to Sean Johnson or Anthony Milford next week for like almost a 300k um, profit, which is just incredible. Yeah, look, I, he's priced at 85 average now, so I can't see how you could possibly grab him. I mean, sure, he might <clears throat> Excuse me. He might go on, on a, a nice run. I mean, the draw for the Dragons is incredible, and he's going to keep scoring well, no doubt, but can he keep it up? Like, are you going to get value for your dollar? Probably not. Uh, people are. I've seen people ripping apart their teams. They're they're trading guys like Teddy, um, and then you know JT, and then Sean Johnson. Even I saw someone try trade Sean Johnson to Widow. I'm just like, what are these people doing? <laughs> yeah, no. Last week was definitely the the time to get him. I mean, as an owner, I'm even going to be looking to to move him on either next week or the week after, just because he's he's that could pretty much set up um, me being able to bring in two legitimate keepers. And with the likes of Lomax and also Katoa still on my side, Mitch Nichols, like my cash generation is really, really poor at the moment. So if I can make 300 to 250k by trading Widop to like a Sean Johnson, a Milford, or somebody like that, 
Um, and then having all that cash spare to then upgrade, uh, you know, a cartwright, for example, to another gun half or to a gun second row forward, then that just makes absolute sense. And and they say you never trade a keeper, but in this kind of circumstance, I think you, you need to. And, you know, it is heartbreaking considering that from here out, six of the next eight games are at home. Um, and, uh, you know, that he's definitely got some big scores ahead of him, but he does have one or two big scores. And even after this week's price rise, I think his break-even starts to creep into the hundreds. So um, it's going to be pretty hard for him not to drop value. So, yeah, I will unfortunately be looking to move him on in the next week or two. Yeah, look, I mean, you'd probably hold him two weeks while the 173 stays in his rolling average and then... You know, that'll have him just uh, ready to face the Sharks in round six um, at home. But, you know, it's the Sharks. So they're they're one of the tougher defensive sides right now in the comp. So I can understand, like, it's definitely going to be, if he's got, like, 150 break-even, um, cashing in, swap him for, say, a, Milf- a Milford or, or, or someone else who's bottom, bottomed out. And, yeah, you're laughing. You've got, like you said, you're going to have 250 maybe, uh, spare dollars, two hundred fifty thousand. Sorry, spare dollars ready to upgrade someone else. Yeah, I mean, if you have a look at a few of the places, one, a couple of options. When I saw the team list come out yesterday, would be maybe a a uh, someone like a Ryan James who's been is shifted back to prop. He's going to be extremely cheap um, in the next week or two, and you could even upgrade, say, a Cartwright to him pretty easily if he does start to get back to the sixty to sixty five um, points per game. But there's going to be plenty of fallen. Um, guns, even Paul Gallen, um, you know, you could be trading him in at around about 500k in a couple of weeks, and um, you know, that's also an option. Gosh, wouldn't that be a good feeling downgrading Wood up to Gallen, bottomed out, and still having change in the pocket? Yeah, incredible, hey, incredible. Anyway, um, we slightly digress here, and we should move on to Cameron Murray, who uh, is in five percent of all trade ins at the moment. He um, has looked fantastic of late, but um, there's a lot of people jumping onto him. He's priced relatively awkwardly, and um, I still have question marks over his past two performances. And I like to just dig into them a little bit now before people do jump in and buy him. So in round two, it was 40 degrees. He's a pocket rocket of a lock, mate. And um, you know the, the heat probably doesn't impact him a lot as what it does for the some of the big guys. We saw what happened to Burgess that round playing. Lower minutes, and then last week he was fortunate enough to see uh, more or minutes as well because Sutton went off with a, a HIA. So I still think there's some question marks, um, but he does look like a pretty good um, or a likely candidate for a 60-60 player this year. Yeah, I mean, looking at round two, he played 54 minutes, and, and we know obviously round one he came off the bench and he, he had a pretty disrupted preseason late in the piece where he had a... Uh, an ankle injury or something like that. Sorry, no, a quad injury or something like along those lines. So, I mean, the preseason article seemed to indicate he was going to be the big minute guy. He was going to play 80 minutes. So I, I just don't know. I mean, it could be a chance that he does build up and keep playing at least 65 minutes, in which case I think he's going to be a solid buy um, playing 65 minutes. You know, he's got he's got a good work rate. He'll have a base of 55 you know, based off of, he's what, 413K or something around there. Um, he's going to make you good money and, and give you good points. And I think at this stage of a season, it's a, it's a really fine balance between getting value for your dollar and obviously wasting trades. But I think, you know, 
if you don't have a good moneymaker, like you've got a Latu who's stinking it up, if you can find you know, a downgrade somewhere where you can just you know, spend 160K, turn Latu in, into a Murray as a stepping stone so that he can give you better points and be a, an option for your 17 while making, say, you know, 80, 90K just gradually as, he score, as his scores build up. And, you know, we'll, maybe you see then, like, when he's full, at full value, what you can do with that money. Yeah, the only other question mark I do have, and I hear exactly what you're saying, but he has had some attacking stats, um, a line break and a line break assist as well. So that's not going to happen every week. I mean, his base is fantastic, but I don't see him being a keeper. And it just is, you know, is that 80K or 90K really worth the increase in value for a trade if, if he isn't going to be there in the end of the year? Yeah, look, I mean, the other advantage he's going to have is he'll play around 13. Um, so I think that's that's some of the appeal for me. Um, I, I'm, he's one of my trading targets for potentially this week. And and that's obviously uh, something that will sway me towards keeping him for at least, you know, the next 10 rounds until uh, he's he's played the buy and then we'll see how he goes. Like, I agree, he's probably not a keeper, but he could easily be, a, a you know, one of the top 18 to 20 um, spots in your you know, the, the 18 to 20 guys in your squad at the end of a year where you have a backup and you can plug him in when you need, you know, someone else goes down for one-week injury or something like that. I think he could easily fill that role at, at, a, at a much cheaper price right now. Yeah, I think they're all really good points. And probably to add to that as well is that uh, none of there's been a big drop-off in, you know, the the guaranteed guns in the second row this year uh, yeah. and those guys which are averaging over 60. So maybe that's just a thing of the past. And, and um, you know, if he's going to produce 60 points week in, week out, he could be, you know, your last reserve in, uh, you know, the, the final round of the year potentially. So, and you're getting him at 400K, which is fantastic. So, you know, um, yeah, all, all interesting options. And I'm going to be quite selfish here, mate. And, and while I do have um, you on the line, I'm going to make the, the most of it because you're going to help me decide which trade I'm going to be making this week because at the moment it's either Cameron Murray or the next guy that I would like to discuss and that's Jai Arrow. So Jai Arrow has been selected a lock this weekend uh, and he had fantastic round two where his base stats were just off the chain and um, and he was uh, running well. He looked like uh, Corey Parker reincarnated which he was slated to be when he was a, Bron- a youngster at the Broncos and you know he does have he does come at a little bit cheaper price tag of um, around about seventy k or sixty k around about that and um, you know it does have a break even in negative seven as well. So do you think he's a better pick than Murray? I think with Jai, I just don't know how the rotation is going to work now because the first three weeks of data that we've got was based off James playing eighty minutes on the left edge. So now he's going to be back in the middle rotation and he's always, you know, he's obviously been playing 60-ish minutes when he does that and that's more minutes than any other prop that's been playing for the Titans so far. So that would be my first question mark about Jai Arrow's minutes and whether he will get enough playing lock to, to you know, to, to be a better pick than Murray. Um, obviously the, the cheaper price tag makes a, a big difference and, you know, in some ways, it's going to be a, definitely a safer pick because, at the very least, even if he gets 50 minutes, he's got that negative break even. He'll make more money pos- possibly than than uh, Murray. But I can't see Jai Arrow being one of your, you know, 
extra maybe you know like your 17 18 19 20 guys at the end of the year at the end of the season so that's probably the advantage i have uh, i would you know the reason i put murray ahead in that regard um but you know the the good part is obviously um you know he is that little bit cheaper and it's going to be much easier to to balance that you know with depending on who you're upgrading for example getting latu to him would be much easier yeah, much easier. But he does um, obviously miss round 13, so that probably sways it back into Murray's favour. Um, but yeah, it's definitely an interesting one because because Arrow did look very good uh, in each of the rounds. And if he is going to get 60 minutes, which he could this week, God knows um, how their rotations will be that you pointed out. Um, I've been a bit surprised, and maybe you have been too, in, in how many minutes Sutton's been playing at the Rabbitohs for Murray. Do you think that you know that'll change as Murray's fitness picks up yeah i think it's already changing i mean the first week that murray played uh, sutton played 80 and with this week i mean he's sorry the most recent week sutton did have the hia but what happened was that he did um he did actually pass it and then he went he came back on the field and he was subbed off later in the game so he actually was substituted off at the end of the game and that's you know, possibly where Murray got some more minutes. But it wasn't that he failed the HIA and didn't play more than 50-ish minutes. He was actually subbed off. So, yeah, it's 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 so hard to, to be able to guess and and try to work out um, how it's going to play out. I guess, you know, with with going back to Jai Arrow's minutes, I think if Cardi ends up playing, playing 5-8 and he's not on that bench, that probably helps Arrow's cause. If not, then I could see because, you know, he's one of the marquee signings and he's obviously got a lot of attacking potential still. I could still see Brennan trying to give Cardi like 50 minutes off the bench or whatever like that, uh, whether that's, you know, 20 at lock and 30 on the edge or something like that. Uh, there's, there's just so many ways that Brennan can play it and not knowing what type of coach he is uh, makes it really hard to predict what's going to happen. So. At this stage, I would lean more towards Murray just because of the, I guess you have a little bit more certainty. At the end of the day, he's not going to play less than 50, 60 minutes, I'd say. And, you know, there's the potential for 65 to 80, somewhere around there. Um, and then, you know, the, the round 13 buy is always a, a perk because at the, at the very least you can hold him to the buy and then flick him afterwards and you, you're not going to have to struggle with do you sell him or not. Um, come round, you know, twelve thirteen. Yeah, and unfortunately, the um, Rabbitohs play on Friday this week, and then uh, the Titans play on Sunday. So we won't know about that late mail about Cardi probably right up until Sunday, I think. So that trade would have been done and dusted. Otherwise, I love your thought there. Um, the other guy, which is very popular um, around the circles at the moment, is Cohen Hess, who um, played eighty minutes last week. Um, you know, his, his base points are uh, a lot lower than, um, you know, your standard 80-minute um, kind of guys. But, um, you know, he is an attacking beast on the edge. Um, and I think, what, he scored 12 tries last year and he's always already scored, um, I think, four so far this year. So um, forget about the base output. Um, he's going to produce you attacking stats each and every week if he's playing 80 minutes. So... Um, is he someone you're considering, or I know that you're? Well, I, I don't know. Are, are you sure that he's going to these eighty minutes are going to continue, or um, do you think that more fifty to sixty is probably what we're going to see? 
I couldn't answer that. I have no confidence in how Paul Green's going to use the minutes. The, with what happened last week, I mean, Jav Bowen had to spend 15 minutes off the field because he had a HIA assessment. So I don't know if that contributed to Hess getting the extra 80. Um, I, I wasn't watching the game, so I don't know if they did the reshuffle or anything like that where, I mean, normally um, Hess or Lowe have, have been the ones playing centre rather than uh, Gavin Cooper, surprisingly, uh, when, when there has been an outside back that's gone down. So I don't know whether Hess spent some of the time playing centre in that 80-minute stint. So maybe Paul Green thought, well, you know, 15 minutes of centre is uh, as good as a 10-minute break or whatever. So might have just left them on for the full 80 as a result. Uh, I mean, you know, he does have eight, nine games from last year where he did play at least 70-plus minutes. And then I think I worked out the average was about 58.7 from those games. And that includes three tries and five line breaks. So, like you said, his base is not great. It's probably sitting around the 40, 40 mark or thereabouts if he doesn't get the attacking stats. But as you say, like he scored a try every two games, basically. Um, and that's that's the type of player he is. So if you're happy to you know run with the risk that he may not get those attacking stats and that you're okay with the 40 from your second row, or sorry, I think he's dual, so that's handy as well. Um He's he's not for me. I, I don't think it's a spot in my pack for him, but I can certainly see the appeal. Yeah, he's not for me as well, just because I, I don't have the cash to, to bring him in. And in any case, I'd probably prefer somebody like Murray, who is that, um, you know, almost 160k cheaper and does, um, you know, have potentially similar output. But um, Hess could just be a gold mine for Supercoach, which he has been previously when playing the big minutes. Yep. Um, now, one of the better, um, I think anyway, one of the better trade options for uh, for Watson, if you've got the dual position player flexibility, which most most of us will have with Croker, Moses and Bayer with a break even of negative twenty seven after his one hundred and fifteen last week. Uh, I was pretty keen on him as a pot option going into the season with the permanent shift to fullback, and he's looked pretty uh, pretty good so far this season with fifty five points in round two to go along with one hundred and fifteen last week. Uh, he's also kicking goals, so he should earn a fair bit of cash going forward. And the Dogs play Souths and Raiders in the next two games, so um, you know he could be set for a couple of big price rises over that period. And um, and yeah, it'd be well over five hundred k and almost a sideways trade to somebody like uh, like a Milford. Yeah, look, I actually had him buying my team up until about Wednesday last week, uh, and then I chickened out. And, and went with the crowd with um, Ryan Madison. Ooh. So I, I am uh, kicking myself for not backing my gut on that one. He looks really good on the field. So I, I I couldn't blame anybody for taking a punt on him. But the thing is, is he's only available at fullback or halfback, um, which obviously it's handy to have that duel. But I think he's not going to be a keeper. And there's no guarantee he's going to make those dollars to, to warrant the, the trade out because yeah, he's obviously playing fullback. He's got the goal kicking. His floor's probably about at that 40 mark or thereabouts. So, I mean, maybe if you do the sums, work out what happens if um, he scores two 40s for the next two weeks. If he makes enough cash, you don't think that you're happy to take the punt on him. Um, if, the you know, the bare minimum is that he makes you um, a certain amount of cash with the two 40s, and then you can um, cash him in after that. But I just can't see him being a, an actual keeper. Obviously, the fullback's slot is just 
chock a block with good options and halfback is pretty pretty um, competitive as well. Uh, so yeah, look, I think he's a good pod. He's got you know a nice couple of games coming up, but you're going to have to budget to to have the trade to get rid of him later. Yeah, I think it will. And I've just done the quick sums for you, mate. And I, uh, if he averages forty this week and next, I think he'll increase in value by forty six and then twenty three thousand next week, which is you know an increase of around about seventy thousand, which is not fantastic. And then he. Um, has a break even um, after that that it will see him decrease in price by uh, about 40k. So if he sticks at a 40 average from now on, uh, by about uh, round, in about four rounds, he'll be back to the same value that he is right now. So, um, however, in saying that, he, these two games do look quite appealing for him, and he, you know, he, I think 50 is a reasonable score, um, a predicted average for him, but. I can't quite do it, but he would be somebody that I'd definitely be thinking about. Um, so they're everybody that I was had on the list anyway to talk through through um, trade-ins. Is there anyone else that I've missed, mate, that you want to cover? Um, I just wanted to mention Milford is probably underpriced. <laughs> I agree, <laughs> that, 100%. Yep. His break-even's only 75 this week, and he could easily reach that. I mean, his average at Suncorp is higher than that already. Yeah. Plus, nice. he's got the Titans, so... Um, he's going to be my captain this week. Mate, bang on. If I had him, he would be in my, in mine. People are talking about trading him out, and this is the games that he uh, you know, he revels in. And I've just... Uh, mate, I tried so hard with you and Joe Fitz during the preseason and could not persuade either of you that he was going to be a stinker over the, the opening few rounds. You wouldn't listen to me. You went with it, and he's produced uh, you know, below what he'd normally, albeit that... You know, take the 18 out of round one, and he's done you know reasonably well and produced pretty much what he has away from home um, historically. But you know, going forward, he's got the Titans, New York Knights, uh, he's got uh, New Zealand Storm, uh, Souths, and then there's a run of home games to get excited about, where he plays the Bulldogs at home, Manly away, Roosters and Eels at home, and I'm predicting that between. Round say nine and twelve, leading into the buy that he's you know he could average eighty over those weeks. Yeah, look, I I, I came in knowing that he's going to have a bad first two weeks, um, and probably I didn't expect eighteen bad, but I thought I thought he you know I'd get away with a you know maybe maybe a forty and a fifty, so I I was fully prepared for those scores, and I was counting on I I thought Tigers was going to be an easy game. Um, I bet everyone did. <laughs> so I was counting on the Tigers, Titans, and then the, the run moving forward from there already easing up, even though they are away games apart from this one. But, um, yeah, look, I was I was fully mentally prepared for the for the start Milford had, yeah. and I was really looking forward to just not having a waste to trade. I mean, yeah, he's dropped 60K, but, you know, you need to grab him now pretty much if you're going to, you know, there's a chance that he's going to be back at the starting price by the time you get to you know, round eight or whatever you want to start cashing in. Yeah, well, I'm just hoping that the the games against New Zealand away and then the Storm at home um, kind of get his price back down there. But because uh, I want to buy, I want to trade him in for round nine. But we'll see what happens there. And uh, agree that he's a great pick this week, and also for daily fantasy sports as well. He should be in everyone's side. Um, okay, listener questions, Wilfred. We've spoken through a lot of these, so we won't spend too much time. Um, on them, but how about we just jump into the best trade options for Watson? So we have spoken through Mbai, we've also just spoken through Milford, who we both really like. There's um, 
Um, apart from that, you've got Sean Johnson, obviously, and um, Dan Grading to Marshall as well. Is there anyone apart from that that people should be considering? Uh, I think you've, you've mentioned all the, the main options. I mean, I know some people are still keen on Daily Cherry Evans. Um, I, I'd probably be a bit wary now that there's a bit of instability there, especially if Hastings does come into a starting role. Um, he is a gun kicker. He averaged close to 85% um, in 2016 when he had that run with the Roosters. So uh, I don't know if DC would lose the kicking to him, but there's a chance. So I'd probably wait and see on that one if you're looking at him for this week. And what about uh, some rapid-fire questions here? So we've got three that I want to run past you. So the first one is, is Blake Ferguson a centre-wing keeper? Yes, I think this year he could be. Agree. Uh, is Teddy a trade? <laughs> no, that's crazy talk. Oh, I can't believe it. I think he's the sixth or seventh most traded out player this year, which is this week, which is amazing. And is Rapana a hold? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, Especially with this week. I mean, Manly, um, he's got Matt Wright against him now and uh, Brian Kelly. And Brian Kelly was not a good defender last year. I think he actually scored um, 130-something um, against Manly, that, that same edge um, recently. So, no, he's, his break-even's 88 this week, and I think he could break that. Yeah, and then let's just go past those couple of games. So, round five, Bulldogs at home. Round six, Para at home. So, Rapana could average 80 three weeks straight. Yeah, I'm not so bullish on the Bulldogs because he, he will come up against Brett and Josh Morris. Um, but, the yeah, I agree with the other one. It, it could be pretty ugly. Okay. All right, mate. Well, that's all the time that we have for the podcast. Thank you very much for coming on board. It's been fantastic having you on again. It's been a long time between drinks. I think the last time we spoke was uh, about July or I think I was in Mongolia last year when we did the, the podcast. So thanks a lot. Appreciate your time. Is there any anything you wanted to say or, or whatever before we call it a night? No, I think I've said plenty already tonight. <laughs> Sorry for waffling, people. <laughs> all good, mate. That's uh, That's what people want to hear. Anyway, thanks a lot, guys, again, for um, downloading the podcast. Really appreciate it. Um, we've got a big couple of days ahead, obviously. We'll have buy, sell, hold. We've got the play on fantasy previews coming. Wacko's late mail, of course. Uh, weather preview. And then uh, the scores and chat ahead. And who is going to be the banner curse this week? There's only one man that knows, and he is currently traveling back from New Zealand uh, as we speak. So. Until we find that out, until we speak to all of you again next week, have a great weekend. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.